Righty, welcome to In The Box. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, uh, mate. Now, I ain't sure who's going to be uh, more upset about missing their holiday in Mallorca this summer, me or you. <laughs> don't, mate, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure coming on. I've seen some bits you've been doing and uh, fair play to you. Anything like this at this time, what's going on is, uh, is good and a positive. So well done making the most of a tough situation. So good luck to you and it's a pleasure to come on. Thank you very much, mate, and it's nice to see you. How's things anyway, and how's lockdown going, mate? Not all. bad. Listen, it's uh, it's weirdly, it seems like it's been a hell of a long time, but it's also flown by. Like, I just, I can't understand it. How each day and week just keeps going. Like you've got you know little yeah. little bits and bobs as you get to in each week. Like you hit Tuesday, you know what you're watching or what you're eating, what you're doing. Then Thursday, you get with all the clapping we've been doing. So each thing yeah. you think, right, it's another one of them, and before you know it. Another week goes. It's crazy, but it's. Uh, I've made the most of it. Uh, obviously, I'm missing all sorts of life, especially what what we all love, the sport and the football, and obviously yeah. going day to day. That's that's been very very tough. And now we probably should be done with a season and, and and feet up for a little bit, enjoying the holidays that that we all look forward to. So times like that, it's difficult and frustrating. But I've stayed active. I've stayed fit. I've been doing a lot of training, running, conditioning, football type stuff, using the weights that I can, strengthening a load of circuits. And I've probably dropped a couple of kilos, dropped some body fat. It's amazing. Like even when you're during in the season, you need to, you need to fuel, you need to eat. Mm. You find yourself maybe pigging out sometimes or making up for the fact you've played a game. And you probably end up being a little bit heavier at times of that where now I can watch the diet so much. I've gone so zoned into it and, I'm probably a little bit too lean and light if I was going into a football game. I'm feeling yeah. good for what I'm doing now. So, look, it's been difficult. I've got me and my wife and two dogs. We, uh, we're fortunate enough to, to live in a nice area, a nice place. We can get out walking. The weather's been good. Yeah. And uh, we've just stayed active and stayed, made the most of it. And, listen, I'm hoping, like everyone, it, it slowly, slowly eases off. But the main thing is stand fit and healthy for everyone. So, that's the main thing. Yeah, no, definitely. Totally agree with you. Right. Team time then, the reason why you're on, team time. Now, I normally ask players their thought process behind their team, but I think, I know yours, I think you're just putting as many names as possible, isn't it? <laughs> uh, listen, it's, uh, do you know what? It's, it's, actually, it's actually at my age now, with being 30, it becomes difficult. You try and think back to who you've played with and, and what you've done, and you, and you think, who, who was the best in that position? Who's the best? And sometimes it could be that someone just caught your eye. Sometimes it could yeah. be that someone was... I tried to steer away from someone that was unbelievable, like a little magician in training, but mm. maybe didn't produce or do enough at the club when I was with him. Yeah. I've tried to not, although I'm contradicting myself here, because I've thrown a few in that I played with at England, yeah. sort of youth level growing up, but where they've gone on to have such good careers, I'm like, hang on, I've been on the football pitch with them and played over 20 times, whatever, 30 times. How can I not yeah. put them in? Yeah, so I've put them in, but then I've tried to steer away from players who maybe I just played with two, three times, yeah. who have... Top names in the top names in the in the uh, in the football world, if you like. But I was like, I didn't really see enough of them for me to comment. But at the same time, I have. So yeah. I've tried to mix it up. I've given you eleven, as you know. <laughs> I've also got another 12, 14 names here, and could throw more. And then you start to throw more in there. I've played with at club level and played with probably 30, 40, 50, 60 plus times. Yeah. But there's even more. You think you go through things, and you think, oh, have I left him out? It's difficult. He's a friend. I have a relationship. <laughs> We worked well together, so it's like sometimes you might leave better players out for someone you got on with well and had a good relationship in terms of on the pitch and off the pitch. So, listen, I've given you a, I've given you a team. At the end of the day, <laughs> I've played with them. I 
I've trained with them, played football yeah. games with them, so I suppose it counts. No, exactly, mate. And you know what? To be honest, so many people since I've been doing it have like asked me, like, what would yours be? Blah, blah. And it's, it is difficult, and that's why I'm glad I'm asking and, uh, and I'm hosting, not doing them, to be honest. But and anyway, like you, you say, you can ask me six months' time and I could pull out another eight different exactly, names that come to mind. I played with someone else. It's football, you know how it is. Exactly, mate. And to be fair, if I had played for England under 19, I'd have probably had the old squad in there anyway. So. <laughs> right, we'll start off then in goal. Who have you got? Who have you gone for? I went with uh, Mike Taylor. He's yeah. obviously had a very good career. Northern Ireland International as well. Yeah. I'll tell you why I went for him. I found the goalkeeper one quite difficult, even going back to my England days and stuff like that. It, listen, we're outfield players, we're footballers. It's hard to... Not hard, but you sometimes think, what do you look at in a keeper? Nowadays, it's how good they are on the ball distribution. Yeah. Sometimes it's the shot stopping, the saving, that sort of stuff. But I went with Mike because he's still, I'm still in contact with him now. He's at okay. Walsall. Yeah. He became the goalkeeping coach at Bradford last year. And he's a proper, he was a proper pro when I played with him. He came in at Mere Wall. We had the best part of a season with a spell he was there. But... He really come in and steadied the ship in that department. He, he got himself in there, got himself as to be number one at that time. Yeah. He was battling with David Ford, who, was, who, by the way, is a top goalkeeper who come to mind about when I was trying to pick this. And he was just a fantastic voice, a fantastic leader. And at his age, he was still so agile and he gave us so much during a season where we, we stayed up, we ended up staying up uh, comfortably. But he really just steadied the ship and he was very good with me, very good around the place. And... I looked at his career as well, but he was still, even at that stage, his distribution, his, his leadership, his shot stopping, his agility. And I thought about it. There was others I could have put in. I mentioned Fordy there. Yeah. I've, got, I've got Joe Murphy written down here, another Irishman who, uh, yeah. who I believe represented Ireland. I've a couple of great seasons with him at Scumfall. He was a top goalkeeper. Yeah. But Mike just, tipped, Mike just tipped him to it. And he, uh, as I say, he just had a bit of everything. He had a fantastic career. I still speak to him now. He, he was a great servant, if you like, but a great leader as well and a, and a mentor to sort of younger pros, which I was at the time. And uh, as I say, he's had a fantastic career that a lot of goalkeepers would like to have. Yeah, for sure. I think I, uh, when I was doing my homework, 88 caps for his country. So, and, you know, over yeah. 500 league appearances. So, it's not a bad start to your team, mate. Right, now, on to your uh, back four. Now, it is a back four, but I think I'm, we'll start with the fullbacks and I think I've, I think I've noted down two foot. You've gone for two left backs, basically. <laughs> you know, I have. I'll tell, right back. I'll tell you why I've done it because Ryan Bertrand I put in at left back. Yeah. When I played with him, when I played with him at England youth level, and I've, I've still played against him and, and seen him since. He was just a listen at that time. He, the way football's going, we athleticism and and pace and power. He had that then. That's when I yeah. sort of started seeing many other players that I was with at the time. And I thought, how can I leave someone who's gone on to have such a fantastic Premier yeah. League career, if you like. And I'm thinking it's going to be hard to leave him out. But at the same time, I had Conch, who's still a, a good friend of mine. I still speak to him now. We had a good yeah. season or a little bit longer at Gillingham. And uh, he filled in at one or two different positions there. And I thought, listen, there's no, there's no stopping a player of his ability. Conch playing at left back or right back, he'd do you a job. Cool. Do you know what I mean? And, and I yeah. went through it. And, and right back, I probably found the goalkeeper and right back the toughest of them all. Yeah, to be able to to be able to choose someone. So uh, I thought, you know what, I can put him in there. I've played with a few other right backs uh, in my career who I could have put in. Uh, Ryan Jackson at, at Gillingham had a great spell with him. He's at Colchester now. Well, he's actually seems like he's just leaving, but he's got all sorts of ability, and I feel could play a lot higher in the game. 
So yeah. he could have got in there as well as one or two others or, or a few others. But I thought, you know what? It happens sometimes and players of their ability, there's no stopping Cunch slipping in at right back and, and having Brian Bertrand at left back. And two great servants of the game and Bertrand still going and Cunch only just finishing, but fit as a fiddle, was fantastic pro and both played at the top level internationally and at club level. Yeah, no, no, no arguments with that. And uh, yeah, it's just clear that up for me, uh, for me, mate Barnsley, Sam Barnes, who does my uh, design work on the team when I put them on Instagram because it will have to work out what one to put right back. <laughs> right, centre half. Who you gone for? I went with uh, again dipping back into my younger days. Played against him a lot. Played with him a little bit, sort of real youth level at West Ham. But we had a great relationship in my England sides. I, I room with him as well, James Tompkins. Okay. And I think he's I think he's underrated in the game. I think yeah. he uh, I, I think I think West Ham were silly to let him go or sell him whatever way you want to look at it. I think he was a fantastic player. He's good in both boxes and that's what I love in a center half. He's also vocal, he's a leader, but he's defensively very very good, but he's also a threat at the other end. Mm-hmm. So it was very hard for me not to include James Tompkins again throughout my career I've played with some top centre halves. I don't know how many I've written down here in terms <laughs> of centre uh, not many more in terms of centre half department on the other sheet. But top uh Thompson was a top, top player, still is a top player. I think a lot of Premier League sides would love to have him. He's doing a great job at Palace and uh he was a top lad as well. I really got on well with him. And alongside him, I had a uh, obviously when I was at South End, I probably caught him at the wrong end of his career, but mm. uh, and Tom Ferdinand. Okay. But Again, a good friend was at my wedding. Not the only reason why I put him in, but just you could see over the years watching him at West Ham growing up as a kid. Yeah. Proper, proper playoffs. He got his brother Rio's footsteps to, to, to follow, if you like. So he probably didn't get as much credit because of how good having been a brother, one of the best centre-arts in the world, as we know him, Rio. But Anton, yeah. Oakley, technically on the ball, defensively. Obviously, lost, lost that little bit of mobility and athleticism by the time I met him. But you could just see it. At times, he did do stuff. And I was like, you could see what a proper player he was playing against him and with him. So it was hard yeah. for me to leave Anton. Although I, got him, uh, I finished with him at the end of his career when he was playing. But I could still see the ability, obviously, throughout the years and when I played with him. So, it was again, I could have gone on to many other centre-halves, young, youngsters who I played with coming up. Max Aimer at Gillingham, yeah. for me, could be, could be playing a lot higher. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just one to, uh, out of a few. But uh, I would go with, obviously, Anton and James Tompkins just because of their careers. But also, when I played with them, they were top, top players. Yeah, no, no problems with that. Especially, I think, Tompkins there. Uh, I was always surprised that he didn't, maybe, after he left West Ham, he didn't go on to, like, a you know, real top, top club. Yeah, yeah, no, it is slightly surprising. Right, go on in. Midfield four, what are you going to do with these? This was probably... <laughs> centre midfield, weirdly... I don't know if it's because I'm a midfielder and, and maybe I blanked it or I was blinded to it. I struggled to, I struggled to really pick some. My early days, like I'll, I'll name them now, I've got them written down here. I've got like, in terms of club level, I could have had Matty Holland in there with the mm-hmm. career he had. I played with him obviously in Jolton's first team. John Joe Shelby, the career and the ability he's got was second yeah. to none, which I could see at Young, but I only played that one, one or two games with him as well. Yeah. So it's like... Cool. How do you do, like? Do I do I not? But they could have easily got in there. I've got Brian Mason, who's who's in here, who came to who came to uh, Mere War on loan, played a fair few games with him, and, and bless him, had to end his career early. But obviously, was a top top player. And another one that just sprung to mind for me was uh, John Lundstrom. 
he came to Orient a couple of times on loan uh, from Everton. I think he was at the time, and and you could see the ability, the ability he had then, and now what he's doing at Sheffield United it shows yeah. what he had and and what he's got. So that's a very after I've given you the team, I was like, could have easily put him in as well. But there's been there's been many others, mate, like training with people like Danny Murphy and, and some yeah. of the children trained with at England days. I had the I had a boy called Josh Walker who I thought was going to hit all sorts of heights, mate. He was yeah. for me. Is he Borough? Borough. Yeah, I, I played with when I played with him in England, mate. He he was the one I would say out of all of the names that we're going to go on to, the one or two that I've mentioned, who I thought was the best. Really, and he's probably played playing alongside probably one of the best midfielders I've played alongside. That the ability he had, and I can't believe what happened with his career, mate. I don't know how and why, but it has. You see it many a times. Yeah, of course. He could have got in it. Jack Cork played with a lot, who's gone on to have a very good career, and one or two others. But they're the ones who, who I've named. But obviously, who I've put in my team, as I said to you, I put Darren Ambrose in it, and I played him in centre mid. He could be more of a ten, could be more of a wide, because when I used to train with him and when I played with him in those few games, <laughs> the ability he had, mate, was very, 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 very good. Technically, he was one of the best I played with. Yeah. And I just don't know why he sprung to mind. So I, I thought I'd put him in. He, he went on to obviously have a top, top career. And then not just because he's my mate, but just because of the season that he had when I played with him or a couple of seasons and where I feel we could go. And again, not an out-and-out centre midfield. I've gone with 4-4-2 just because of the front four, really. I could yeah. fit him in. But Dacky, Bradley Dack, who's now at Blackburn. Obviously, I was at Gillingham with him. Yeah. He... Uh, he obviously was at Charlton as a kid. He had a bit of a rough ride. We'd get him released from there. And I think he debated a few things. But he's got sheer raw ability, mate. He's got natural yeah. strength, natural power. And that season he had at Gillingham, he got his move in the end. He didn't get it that year. But he, uh, obviously the next season he wasn't quite as good. But because of how good people knew he was. And I still think he can go on. He's just suffered a bad injury. But the season, just because of how good he was in that year when I first signed for Gillingham, he hit the ground running in that first game against Sheffield United. He's top, top player, mate. And I put him in there. Again, he's more of a number 10, but he could play any of them roles, number eight. Yeah. And uh, he's got goals. He's got strength. He's got uh, his passing ability, his touch, his skill. He's, yeah. he's got natural ability in terms of running and, and, and uh, what, what word do I want to say? Uh, not desire. Yeah, he's got desire, but he's got that uh, tenaciousness to him where he's got that yeah. flair, but he's also got that other side to him. So... Yeah. I had to put Dak in there. So I've just named a fair few other centre midfielders there. Yeah. I could have easily listen. Some of them that I've said there, they've had ridiculous careers, and, mm. and they're thinking now as he get. But just because yeah. of that one season, mate, I had to put Dak in there. So that's I've gone with those two centre yeah, midfielders. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't argue with you there, mate. Anyway, because um, Darren Ambrose, like growing up, obviously watching a lot of Charlton, like mm. technique wise, he was he was superb, and obviously Dak Daki for me, you know. Someone who I'm very close with myself, um, had him on the show as well. And, um, you know, he, a lot of people don't know, he used to clean my boots as well, which I never let, let him forget. <laughs> but, um, no, listen, I, I'm totally with you there. And you kind of answered my question on, on, on Bradley there. But, you know, we both know him very well, both close with him. And in terms of the injury he has just sustained, um, when I did speak to him, it was pleasing to hear that, you know, I think he's very, he's very determined to come back from that. Um, do, do you feel like he could be a Premier League player? You know what? We've got each other on the old Apple Watches. <laughs> Daki would be first to admit, and I'm, I think if you asked him this, he'd say it. I used to, we used to have banter. He used to say to me, "Oh, you're this, you're that, you're busy." But only for banter, like friendly, you do a lot yeah. of training. 
And he got away with it because he was quite natural. But all of a sudden, I think, since he's gone to Blackburn, because he's stepped up a level, seen bigger and better pros around him, and he knows he has to at that level. Yeah. But since the injury, I think it's really given him an eye-opener that the amount of other, other work that you can and need to do. Yeah. And he's doing a lot of strength training. He's doing functional training, extra training, and, and getting himself back fit and strong. And I think he's doing it at a time that's not too late because he's still got age on his side. But the injury could be, without sounding wrong, a blessing in disguise because it's yeah. given him a chance to go, right, come away, come away from the games. Hey, yeah. Come away I from agree. the games. I agree. Training. Now doing a lot of other stuff. And I think if he comes back and keeps himself fit and strong and the way he could come back a different man, he's got a hell of a chance of still getting himself into the Premier League if he can continue his form, which he was doing. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there, uh, right? Especially, you know, having spent time with him and stuff. I think, you know, the way he, he come through at Gillingham and then the way he's gone on to Blackburn, I'm sure he's improved his, his sort of off-the-field activities and stuff and what he eats and stuff like that. But I feel like a lot of the time at Gillingham, he was just playing off the cuff sort of thing, just doing it yeah. off, habit, off natural... You know, natural ability, like you said, I think you've mentioned it, raw ability, but I think in terms of that can only get you so far, especially now in the modern day, I feel like if he wants to really kick on to the, to the top league, then I feel like he has, has to, you know, he needed to, the other side. just needs to find a bit more focus, a little bit more yeah. focus and, and dedication, which he's found. And I think if he can continue that, keep working, because he could play a number of positions off the front man in the exactly. 10 in the 8, so there'd be no stopping him. So hopefully yeah. he does. No, totally agree with that. And like we say, been both so close with him. Hopefully, he can uh, prove us right. Okay, wide players. With the wide players, I tell you what. I know I've sent it over to you, but I'm going to change one just because he's because he, he, he at club level I played with him. So I'm going to go with Theo oh. Walcott. On, I'm going to go with Theo Walcott on the right. Cool. Just be, just because, mate. It was one day we had a game. I think we were playing France, and I stuck a ball over. It's a true story. I stuck a ball over the top or from the left hand side to the right hand side. Diag. And I thought I overhit it. It was, it, was, it was a bit of a, not a training game, but a, a game leading up to like a championship, Euro championship, we played France. And as I turned away, because I thought he weren't going to get it because I'd overhit it with the pace, <laughs> he out and out pace got him there, like yeah. simply sheer pace. And I, as I someone said, Jock, I turned around and he got it and he went, went into the box, done so I don't think he scored from it. But I, I, I literally couldn't believe it because nine, nine and a half times out of ten, no players getting it. <laughs> and with that, mate, I had a spell with him. He didn't always play at our age because he was playing up. And then, as you remember, Sven took him to the World Cup at such a young age and things like yeah. that. Uh, he, his ability, mate, or more so his pace. I think some people are gifted with that pace, but he had, a, he had ability with it. Yeah. But just some of the stuff he'd do, he'd get the ball, knock it past people. And you're like, how can you even compete with that? You do 1v1s with him or stuff like that. There's not a chance you're living with him. You've got no chance. Yeah. Me being not blessed with pace, it really, when you see some of the pace, it's like, wow, that sort of stuff. So it's different to some of the players we've been talking about, like your Darren Ambrose and one or two others who have got that ability on the ball and, and technique. Yeah, no, of course. Theo yeah. had more pace and, uh, and that uh, power, if you like. And I just thought to myself, how can I not put him in? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I have, I've got Theo on the right-hand side. And I'll tell you why I'm changing the left. I've got Scott Sinclair, who was a great kid as well, got on really well with... A, uh, a lovely boy, had a great career since. But yeah. I played with Jason Punchin. I had a great year at uh, Barnet, my yeah. first loan spell. Yeah. And he won player of the year. I won young player of the year at 17, 18. And we had a very good relationship as well. We should link up well. Mm -hmm. And uh, Punch has got all sorts of ability. And of course, he's gone on to have a, a very, very good Premier League career. He's obviously got himself into one or two bits of bother yeah. over the year. But I think with that, that shows, yes, 
maybe could have done that a little bit more. But when you're a bit distracted in life and for whatever reason you, you go off path, but he still hung in there and, and had such a good career at top flight, shows his ability. So yeah. I'm gonna put punch I'm gonna put punch in there on the left hand side because just because I played at club level with him and I want to try and get a few more club players in there to try and get it half and half at least. And the ability he's got. But going through it, mate, that same year I had Yannick Balassi, yeah. who had a fantastic year. Obviously, he's gone on to have a top career. Uh, and then I got a couple of, not mates, but a couple of, well, they are mates, but at the same <laughs> time, I had very good careers and, and good players who could have easily got in my team who, uh, if I was a manager, I'd have all day long around me. Yeah. One being a boy called Martin Wolford. I've had three spells of him. That's why I say it. I had three yeah. spells? Or two. I was with him at Scunthorpe. We had a good, great couple of years. Stayed up in the championship against the odds. And again, he could yeah. play left hand in the centre. And uh, he then came to Mirwall. But also with that, who I've had a couple of spells as well, Joby McEnough, who okay. I'm back with right now. He's, yeah. he's probably the best, other than myself, no, I'm joking, best pro or one of the best pros I've ever been around. He's still, he's had, he's, had, he's had an injury issues over the last season or two, but still chalking the runs, the games, when he, when he is fit, he's, his fitness and his physique and his, his just way of life that he lives and his leadership and his, uh, his discipline and professionalism is second to none. And with his ability with that and the career that he's had at top level, championship level, international as well. Yeah. Very, very unlucky not to get in. If I was going all club, he probably would have got in there. So Joby, Joby has to has to get a very, very special mention as well. But I've gone with the other two, uh, Theo and Punchin. But those two, those, those other two, Wolford and Mackinac, would have easily got in there as well. Yeah, no, perfect that. And uh, late, late, uh, late change there, late transfer then, Sinclair out and uh, punching in. Yeah, going to be. Uh, if you want to get into this management game, mate, you must be a bit stronger than that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll change right at the end, but uh, there's reasons to it if we do yeah. what we're doing. It. Nah, no problem, mate. No problem. It's good stuff, mate. Like I say, it just shows the crew you've had there, some of the players you've uh, played alongside. Right, up top, who did you go for? Up top, listen, it, one of them is out and out straightforward. Simple facts. Millwall. Uh, in fact, we'll start with the other one. I'll start with the other one. And the only reason I'm going to... The only, that's not the only reason he, I put him in, but I had to put him in. It was England again. But yeah. before I say his name, I could have had a few others on here, mate. I could have had uh, Gary Hooper. Yeah. One of the best finishers I've ever worked with. Played with Scumfork days again. Yeah. Top career he's gone on to have. I think he could have played high, even higher and, and stayed, stayed higher. One yeah. of the best finishers around was a good mate of mine as well. Gary Hooper could have got in it. Uh, Simon Cox at uh, Southend. He's had another uh, very, very good career. Yeah. More of a number 10 type, but real, real good ability. Great finisher. Andy Keogh at Mirwall, another Irish international. Always caught my eye playing with him at Mirwall. Love playing with him. His movement, even when with uh, little free quick, quick things, I'd look up, he'd make a bit of movement, a great relationship. Yeah. And even Darius Henderson at Mirwall, a big different type, target man. But an absolute beast brute would have him in, have a player like that around my team if, if and when I've a manager all day long. But I went with the other two. One being England days, Daniel Sturridge. His ability, mate, mm. I still tell people now if he, I don't know why and what happened with his injuries. Some say it's mental, I'm not sure. I just mm. think he could have been slightly unlucky. His ability and his finishing is absolutely unbelievable, mate. Like, um, I've always said he could have been, if not one, if not the best, one of the best strikers, which don't get me wrong, he's been up there, one of the best strikers in the world. Yeah. I remember my debut for England against Cameroon, the Montague tournament in, in France. 
I we won two 0 or two one. I set up both his goals. My mum and dad were there, and my granddad. And mm. I just remember every time I got the ball, it wasn't a second or two too early. It wasn't a second or two late. It was bang touch. As I look up, his movement was there. The time yeah. of it. And I've never not been able to comment about him ever since. For the games, I had a really really good relationship with Studge as well. We used to room yeah. with Johnny uh, Aluku. I used to room with James Tompkins. Mm. And we had a bit of a banter, a good laugh. It used to be us four. And again, not just because I was close with him like that. And uh, he actually said to me at a festival a few years ago, he was asking what I'm, not asking what I'm doing. He was obviously talking about where I played and stuff. Mm. And he said, you should, he said about me. And I took it well. I took it annoying. It annoyed me as well. But at the same time, I took it with quite proudness. He said, you should be playing higher. Your ability. One of the, he even said to me, you should love playing with you. One of the better players I played with in your position and stuff like that, which was nice from him. But that ain't the reason why I'm saying it. Just his ability, mate, and his finishing as I keep repeating myself. Yeah. was something I've never dealt with before. The only one who's come close with him, obviously the, the other player I'm about to tell you, but was Darren Bent when I was at Cholton. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember if I played in the first team actual game. I definitely played pre-season, but I definitely trained with him many a times and friendlies yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know if he played in the few games I played for Cholton. Yeah. But uh, Darren Bent's finishing again was a joke. When we used to do finishing in training, it was like, wow, everything he hit, just pick a corner or smash it, bang it, the back of the net. It was like, pff, unbelievable. But... Sturridge for that reason. And then moving on, I don't think anyone would be able to disagree with me. I had a year with him, the best part of a year with him at Millwall, Harry Kane. Yeah. And I think not just because of where the heights he's gone to now, we all know that he's probably one of, if not the best number nines in the world. Yeah. Uh, he came to Millwall. He, he hit the ground running straight away. He's another one. Slightly different to Daki, but I think he always had the mental focus. Yeah. He always had the dedication, not a drinker, never used to go out a lot, had a girlfriend from a young age, married her now. Mm. Always had that professionalism about him, but probably could have done a little bit more in the gym at Mirwall. He used to do a little bit, but used to just love football and love scoring goals. Yeah. Would even play golf around the training ground when we had an hour spare or at the end of trade, just love kickball. But when he used to do finishing at the end of every session, whether you did it with him or you'd look back, you'd go, well, he just had this natural ability that not many players have had when I had played, when I played with them or trained with them. Yeah. Ball could be under his foot and he just had that strike, that natural yeah. power where he'd hit it and had that whip, but yeah. could do it both feet, shift it, give it to his right, do it on his right, do it on his left. And there's a story I'm about to tell you because it's the last player. I will tell you yeah. about it. But it was... Uh, as I say, in games, he, he scored over many goals that year. And mm. the true, one true story is I set up four or five of his goals. I used to yeah. play sort of deeper, which I did for quite a while at the spell of my career. So he used to get a lot and he'd peel off. He wasn't the quickest, but he had, he had a bit of a... He had pace that was... What's the word I'm looking for? Not hidden pace, but you might be able to get the word I'm looking for. Deceptive, that, uh, deceptively quick. Deceptive pace. Yeah. That he had that bit of power that he'd be able to go. So he'd peel on the shoulder, you'd hit him over the top and bang, he'd go. Mm. and get on the end of it and score more times than not. Or a ball would drop in a box and bang, because of his natural finishing ability, he'd score on that power at such a young yeah. age. He, yeah. he got a bit of freak strength, that's what I'd say. Mm. I always said, I always knew he'd hit, I said to myself, I said to people that at that time, the story, me and a boy called Scott Barron stood on steps one day, looking at him doing finishing. I don't know if it was him or me, I asked the question, how high do you think he can go? And both of us came to an agreement that we said, he will play Tottenham's first team, and he will get an England cap. 
I don't think there's anyone that would have said he would have hit the heights he has now to have been yeah, England yeah. one of the best Premier League goal scorers or will be one day and one of Tottenham's best ever goal scorers and as I say hitting probably up there as the best striker in the world but we both said that about him but at the same time his ability was second to none and just had that natural finishing that natural strike of a ball touch and that natural freakish strength if you like but he's gone on to have done what he's done he's a lovely kid he's a disciplined yeah. kid uh, he always had as I say that focus and yeah. playing with him was a pleasure and uh Good luck to him, and he was, he's a very, very good kid. And you like to see good kids go and do well, and hopefully he can keep kicking on and and doing well for Spurs or wherever that might be, and obviously for England, for everyone. So. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you on that. Do you reckon he'll stay at Spurs, or do you reckon he'll move on? If you ask me, well, people have asked me all the time, and everyone discusses this over the last seven, eight years, and certainly up until the last couple of years, I've said, you know what, he's a homeboy. Yeah, he's loved by Spurs. Uh, he's a Spurs legend already, and I think he'd love to stay being a Spurs legend, but do mm. something that's quite, quite distinct in this day and age, where someone stays at a club right the way through from a kid, yeah, all the way through, especially of that ability and uh, and and top level, if you like, or someone who's so good. But I'm slowly starting to think, mate. I think the stadium was something that he wanted to give a go. Uh, I think that was partly the reason why he stayed and the other reasons I just said now of all what's gone on here with the stuttering of this season is he starting yeah. to think he's getting to age what is he now 27 8 yeah not even prime yet but is he going to want to win trophies will he be able to win them at Spurs possibly possibly with Mourinho they're going to need backing they've got the yeah. stadium they've got the foundations and the, and the base of it now they're going to need to dip into the market. They're going to need to keep him happy. I don't think it's the out-and-out -out contract, although there's clubs out there that could go and offer him all sorts of silly money. We all know Spurs don't pay the best, but I'm sure yeah. he's earning a amount of money. But surely of his ability, he's going to want to win trophies. And yeah. if you're going to be classed as one of the best strikers in the world, you probably need to back that up with a little bit of that. Some people say that. I don't always agree with that. I still think he can be classed and held as one of the best in the world, if not the best. But... It'd be nice to have trophies. I'm probably leaning towards, I wouldn't be surprised. Before what's happened here, he may have gone in the next year or two, but will this help, help uh, teams money and being able to dip into the transfer market and spend what it might cost them to get her a player of that ability? I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed there for the rest of his career. Yeah, no, sure. Um, be an interesting one, especially like I say, with um, what's going on in the world at the moment. See how that affects the uh, the situation. I'm glad you said Scotty Barron was uh, fancy him, by the way, because he's an agent these days. So it'd have been a bit embarrassing for him if he uh, <laughs> if he said he yeah, was no good. <laughs> Scotty, no. Scotty's always got a good uh, mind on on football, and he he knows the player. So no, there's no shock that he is an agent now. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen him uh, quite a bit recently. So uh, yeah, it's good to know that he uh, good lad. he called it right. Yeah, good great lad. lad, great lad. Right, Josh, that completes your team, mate. And uh, yeah, superb team. And to be fair, you probably mentioned the most players there as well, which is good because like anything you do, you take it seriously. And uh, yeah, you've done it properly, mate. And like There's, one, of, there's one, other, one other unlucky player. Well, there's a few who could have been, but he is a very close mate of mine. But if he never suffered the injuries he did and uh, a few other little things, stop, start stuff in his life, he'd have gone on. But he's still involved in football, but he's my boy, Grant Basie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He, 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 at a young age, we had a great, uh, great relationship. Still do now, but he had that. 
he had that hunger and drive in him. I love the passion to win. And uh, he had all sorts of... His left foot, mate, his left foot was a wand and power that he had in it as well. And he's very unlucky not to have had a much better and longer career in the game. So he was unlucky not to slip in at left back. It's just that the couple <laughs> that were ahead of him, Dory had agreed it very difficult to get past them. <laughs> That's good, mate. And I think um, I'll, you'll have to thank me for that one because uh, I'll text you. But as, as you agreed to do it the other week, and you, uh, last week, sorry, and you sent me your team, I'll, I bumped into base and uh, he's all good and well. And he's been supportive of the podcast as well. So I think he's going to try and sort of... Uh, He's a, he's, a good, well, so. he's a good lad, Grant. Another one who could have got in at right back only because he got injured recently. He's an up-and-coming player. He's at Bradford now. He played in Man United's first team. Joe Riley, his name is. Okay. He's got a great chance of having a very, very good career. He suffered a bad injury, but he's got all sorts of ability. And if he gets himself going again, he'll have a great chance. And in 10 years' time, could look back and say that he could have easily have got in this team. So Joe Riley, his name is at Bradford now. Perfect. One to watch out for. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for that. Absolutely perfect. That loads of... Uh... You know, loads no of uh, snippets of information in there. Right, it's good. We've got that done fairly quickly because um, now we can move on to sort of your career. Um, some stuff, some serious questions, some fun questions, and uh, yeah, we'll crack on, mate. Right, we spoke about uh, the um, players you played with there, of course, but you know, just go to show how much of a good career you have had so far. What about players you played against? Who stood out? Played against who stood out? Uh... There's been many. I'll go straight to number one. Played Spurs a couple of seasons ago in the Cup. Got absolutely battered, but came up in my sort of area, Christian Eriksen, because he was yeah. playing sort of floating around number 10 in around midfield. Yeah. He was unbelievable. You never yeah. knew where he was behind you, in front of you, wide, over there. He scored a goal or two on the night. He's passing, he's touch, he's skill. He's shooting everything, mate. He was absolutely incredible. Uh, Christian Eriksen. Oh, sorry, Carl. Christian okay. Eriksen. So I, so I would say, when people ask, I've got his shirt after as well. When people ask me this, I'd say him. Hyunmin Song played on the night. Three or four other players who, yeah. uh, in, in that game. I played Man United uh, a few years ago. Man City, Everton. I played some top Premier League teams. Owen got a hat-trick on that night. Mm-hmm. Rio Ferdinand played. Uh, yeah, I could go through loads in that team. Man City's team, Carlos Tevez played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robinho, all these players, but the one who stood out, as I say, that night was Christian Eriksen. Yeah. Years and years ago, uh, I played QPR. At, I say years and years ago. This one wasn't that many years ago. Years and years ago, I played Arsenal in a reserve game. Sorry, and it was when I was having a bit of a transition period at Arsenal, and the likes of Ashley Cole played, Sol mm-hmm. Campbell. Uh, Fabregas players and you're thinking how oh, you're not saying them but the one player who stood out mainly that night was Robin Van Persie okay. it was when he'd only really hit the scene or played a bit and again with him mate he caught me with an elbow in the game he was he's just a reserve game his passion to win in that yeah. reserve game was like wow you know you could just see a winner and you know yeah. why these players get oh, he's such a lovely fella as well it seems and what you hear yeah. but they just got that nasty winning streak in them that they just want to win all the time and I have it a lot in myself as well I'm a yeah. lovely kid and I am but when I, when it comes to competition I want to win yeah. so that stood out for me but his ability as well and then moving slightly in I played QPR a few times Adel Tarat Tarat yeah he was, <laughs> he's been mentioned he's a few times out. he's drifted out now his ability mate he met me once in a game at Loftus Road and his ability he looked at him and he was like wow do you know what I mean? This is like yeah. bloody hell. Similar who I played with, who I nearly put in my team, or could have got in my team, J. Emmanuel Thomas. Yeah. Had that sheer ability. 
just yeah. like that pace and you do stuff in, uh, in training I played with him and it was like wow like add that sort of freak not freak but just add that bit of skill that you don't always see but to add that so did Emmanuel Thomas yeah. but there's been plenty mate there's been there's been loads in games where someone just seems to, every time you play them they have a good game against you it's hard you're putting on the spot really but yeah. <laughs> as I start I, I've played I've played against them. Adam Lalana was very good when we played yeah. against them Southampton well, Ricky Lambert as a, as a big hold-up striker. Clarity. But there's been loads, mate, who I think if I could really sit here and think about. But obviously, the few that I've mentioned, they were, they were the main ones. I've obviously said quite a lot. But Christian Eriksen and Robin Van Persie are always the two when I get asked that question. Yeah, no, no problems with them ones because, like I say, some top players there. Right, I'm going to take you back to the start now, uh, righty. Come through at Cholton. Um, you had a couple loan spells at Barnet and Brentford. But I, I want to talk about you, know, you made your debut for Charlton. That must have must have been, you know, some achievement. You come through at the club. I'm not sure what age you was when you when you signed for Charlton, but you signed for them when you was young and, and come through and you, and you make your debut. Do you remember much about that? Yeah, look, I spent many years at Charlton from I think it was 10, 11, maybe 12 when I signed. And you get promised this, you get promised your scholarship. I got me pro, all that sort of stuff. And so I knew I was going to be at Charlton for a long time, and I should have been there longer, mate. Uh, yeah. Partly my fault. Partly my fault stepping out of line, but also the way the club went a little bit. It was an established Premier League club when I went there. Suffered relegations, changing after having such a long established manager in Kirbishley. Then Pards come in and Pards did a very good job there, but it got a little bit messy. But the amount of managers that changed in such a quick period, it then becomes difficult. And the relegations happened. I made my debut at 18 in the Championship. I was obviously very proud of that after going on loan a couple of times. Yeah, but I turned a three-year deal down under Pards just before he left, so that would have been obviously I'd have spent a lot, lot, much longer time there and would have played more games. Stepped out of line under Phil Parkinson, regret it. Probably one of the main regrets in my career, mm. and that sort of brought brought my career at Charlton to an end, if you like, and a yeah. premature end. But making me debut, mate, at, a, at my club where I spent so many years and grew, so grew I mean, up, yeah. and to come through at a club is always a proud moment. And to look back and do that at 18 in, in what was a very good championship, not just yeah. by name club, but with the players that were around me as well, is a very, yeah. it was a very proud moment. I'm still very proud of it now. And knowing that I didn't play more, didn't do yeah. more, but as I say, there's reasons to that which I just touched upon. Mm. But no, listen, it was something I'll never forget about. The loans during that played a big part. Pard said to me, get out alone, go and learn your trade yeah. and you're, you're a Charlton first team player, which I did. Mm-hmm. Had a great year at Barnet, had that short spell at Brentford the start of the next season and one month in, Pards went bang, you're coming back, you're ready to play. Yeah. I think about it one or two injuries as well, it opened up for me. And if it wasn't for what happened with sackings and things like that, I would have played more games uh, at that level for Charlton then. But now listen, I can't speak highly enough of the football club of Charlton. I loved it there and uh, I just wish I could have played more games. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, yeah, one loan I do want to mention is Gillingham because obviously I was there at the time coming through and, um, you know, a lot, what a lot of people probably won't remember about the Gillingham days, it weren't necessarily all plain sailing. I remember there being a few games you got took off early. And, you know, League Two was a tough league probably for you to get used to at that stage. But then you certainly made up for it at Wembley, mate. I'm not sure if you did get man in the match, but you certainly mum had in the match that day. You was absolutely superb. And uh, what do you remember about that, playing at Wembley? Yeah, obviously, this is when it coincided with the little bit of thing that went on with Cholton. Yeah. It then was a case of, listen, you ain't going to play for us now. Go, you've got to go out and get on loan. Yeah. So Mark Robson, a fantastic coach, one of the Top best coach, I've worked yeah. with, uh, yeah. called me up to go on loan there. Mark Stimpson was the manager I knew well as well growing up. Yeah. Really enjoyed playing under Stimo. 
And it was a case of they were up near the top. They just felt they might have needed a little bit more to get them over the line. So uh, it might have, there was one other as well. But certainly I came in on loan and had the back end of the season, 12, 14 games. And it was all just like, wow, big whirlwind. We started to hit the ground running. Yeah, I remember. Picked up some good results. As you say, the first game, one of the first games, never went that well against Barnet. I think we got beat at home. Yeah. And it just took some time to get going at League Two level where I was used to a lot more of having the ball on the deck, playing yeah, a little bit yeah, more, yeah. playing around me. It took time to adjust. But uh, after so long, really got going. And then we knew we had a good chance of making the playoffs. And, and, and you look forward to what I'd never done before in terms of uh, planning the playoffs. Mm. So uh, that came quite quickly. We played Rochdale last game of the season and we got Rochdale in the double header, the home and away leg in the playoffs. Yeah. And they were tough games, uh, Flitcrofts and uh, Keith Hill's teams. Very, yeah. very tough game. A little bit of a, to do with the managers, like with Stimo as well, again. Yeah, so it was a, a rivalry. And we got through those and then ended up playing at Wembley, mate. And Wembley was an absolute dream come true. Uh, really, as you say, it was a very hot day. I had a lot of family there. I think the pitch suited me. There was a lot more passing, a lot more space. And I yeah. just had a really good game. I did get yeah. one or two man of the matches, obviously a few man of the matches of yeah. the day. Kingy had a very good game as well with centre-half. Yeah, I was on the floor, mate. Come the end, 90th minute, I was gone. And I was looking over thinking, I'm not sure if I've got extra time in me. I was still a youngish <laughs> kid. I hadn't had a full season and I was starting to blow up. And I remember that corner in the 90, 92nd minute, whatever it was. Mm. And I genuinely thought, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to reach here. <laughs> and uh, I just thought we'd worked on a few corners. I knew the area to hit. I picked the area and I just hit it, hit it as sweet as I could. And Simeon Jackson, who uh, was a top striker as well, great finisher, mm-hmm. peeled off, nodded it in with his head, just went over the line. And I just remember running up and down, burning the rest of the energy, running up <laughs> and some part of the family to the dugout and back. And, and the adrenaline took us over. And when that final whistle went, it was uh, one of the best days of my life. And it, what a day playing at Wembley. And yeah. Listen, if any player's lucky enough, which a lot do, a lot don't, to play at Wembley, it's a, it's a fantastic occasion and an occasion I'll certainly never forget. Yeah, not for sure. I remember seeing all the right clan with their shirts on that day. Must have cost you a fortune, yeah. mate, getting all them shirts done. <laughs> right, yeah, so I think it was that summer, you leave Cholton, you've touched on it, I don't know if you want to touch on it a bit more, you leave Cholton and head to Scunthorpe in the Championship, so it was a great move. How did that come about? Yeah, as I say, I could have stayed at Cholton Probably should have in, in a way. They went League One. It was a scumfort, went up to the Championship. I was about to sign for QPR under Jim McGilton. Yeah. That never quite took place. And then Nigel Atkins approached us and uh, had an opportunity to go and play in a Championship. I could have stayed more local to home with other options, but it was a case of, you know what, an opportunity here. It was Championship football. You never promised football. I knew I had a chance of going to play a lot of games. And I ended up going to clock up 70, 80 games at Championship level. And yeah. It was a fantastic learning curve under a fantastic manager that suited me at the time. I turned from a boy to a man. It was difficult, difficult off the pitch. I had to learn a lot. I struggled at the start with uh, adjusting to being on my own and being a long way away from home. But as I say, it taught me all sorts. It probably the real spell at the back end of it where I was like, right, diet, nutrition, training, extra gym, stuff like that is so important and uh, adjusted my lifestyle. But those two seasons in the championship, priceless beat yeah. teams like Newcastle West Brom to say to a couple to say the least if you like out of, the, mm-hmm. out of so many others and we stayed up that first year second year went a little bit wobbly because Nigel got a move to Southampton and a few different managers come in Ian Barraclough 
and then another towards the end. And uh, I had made my mind up. Again, they'd offered me a very, very good contract to stay. But just personally, I couldn't stay. I was ready to come home. Yeah. I'd done me two years and uh, I was ready to go. Difficult to turn down, but no, two great years. And I really enjoyed my spells, at, uh, two years at Scunthorpe. And uh, look back at it and think, played a massive part in my career. Yeah, no, for sure. Right. On that, I think you only scored one goal for Scunthorpe, but I let you off because it was against Man United. <laughs> now, um, what was, uh, that's my next question. What was your favourite goal? The one against Man United or the one for Millwall, uh, the Buddy Ollie against uh, Turfmore? The Millwall one was a better finish. Millwall one's the best I've ever scored. Yeah. And the one against United, it was on the TV. Yeah. It I was <laughs> against Man United. I think that one probably just hits it. Only just, but both great strikes, both great finishes. I played a lot deeper in, in those days, and especially under Scumful. Pards did it to me at Charlton, he used to say, because you're so good on the ball, I like to get on it, play that more sitting role. Probably got pigeonholed a little bit too early in the career, hence why I've scored more goals. As my career's gone on, but yeah, both of them, both very good goals. But I'd probably say I enjoyed the Scunthorpe one a little bit more, but the Millwall one was a better finish. It was uh, one of them that you could do fifty times and only catch it sweet once or twice. Yeah, no, agree so, yeah, with that. Both. Agree with that. Right, that leads us on then to your time at Millwall. How did you find life down the dent, mate? Yeah, listen, Millwall, proper proper football club, great fan base. First couple of years, really enjoyed, really went well, really good under Kenny Jacket, uh, especially the first season, season and a half, what I touched upon earlier on a little bit. I, I had some good moments there, I had some bad moments. I loved playing at the Den, I loved representing me a wall home and away, as I say, with a fan base and the passion and drive that they've got. And uh, listen, I enjoyed it, it got a little bit messy towards the end when Got a little bit messy under Kenny, to be fair, before before he left. But then he brought me back in. He broke my heart not taking me to Wembley after playing such a part in that FA Cup run. Playing yeah. pretty much all the games and then getting left behind. I don't know what happened there. He just went off me for a little bit. I had a bad game. I'm not afraid to say at home to Wolves. Yeah. And uh, still didn't expect to see it come, but it did. But that happens in football. I came back in, played a big part in us staying up against uh, Crystal Palace at home. I had a very good game. Yeah. Uh, Derby away. There was a few games that I came back in for. And then it just got a little bit messy with Steve Lomas coming in. He went a different route, different type of play, style. Yeah. And then it went on from there. And I was playing catch-up when Ian Holloway come in, who should have worked out well for me. But Ollie never suited the club near Wall itself. So it never, like it never really suited me at times. Because he tried signing me, uh, Ollie, a couple of times and really liked me when he was at Blackpool when I went to the Prem as well. Would you yeah. believe? And I never signed there. But, uh, which I could have ended up playing the Premier League, but that's hindsight. You never know that. Yeah. And uh, as I say, which is another thing with Charlton, when I was on the bench in the Premier League and being around, it was a fantastic time as well with Charlton. I've never mentioned, never got to get on the pitch, but warmed up and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, me and Warwick come to a bit of a premature end with a couple of loan spells just because I had to go and play and ended up, I wasn't probably a Millwall type player, but we went to try a different route. But the spells that I did, I adjusted and, some loved me, I think some hated me, but at the same time, I enjoyed playing for Millwall and representing them, and it's something I'm very proud of. Yeah, no, certainly most uh, Millwall fans I speak to um, hold you in high regard, and, you know, like I say, like any uh, football club, there's always going to be uh, people not happy. Right, um, yeah, what Wembley appearance did he not take you on, by the way? Yeah, FA Cup semi-final against Wigan. Okay, okay, what, so you, were play, you played in the previous rounds as well, yeah? Yeah, I played most of the previous rounds, oh. certainly... Uh, 
appearances and he just game or two before started leaving me out and didn't take me to that. Not afraid to say brought a tear to me eye when I when it was the <laughs> day of the game. Uh, I chose not to watch the game just because I couldn't. Of course, of course, mate. No, it must have been difficult to uh, to get through that one. Right, we'll move on then to your time, your second time round with Jules. Um, sort of into two, break this sort of question into two, really. First season, you nearly made the playoffs. Unbelievable season. And obviously you start your uh, your, your friendship and relationship with uh, Justin Edinburgh, God rest his soul. And then second season, you decide to start scoring goals. What changed there? <laughs> And um, I remember, I think it was, yeah, two goals away to Sheffield United, a brace, and then a hat-trip of penalties in eight minutes at home to Scunthorpe. So, yeah, if you want to talk us through sort of them two seasons, mate, that'd be great. Yeah, the Gillingham one, those couple of years, certainly the first year up there is the best in my career, just on the pitch, off the pitch, around the place, just day-to-day stuff. Justin, obviously, bless him, talking about him now, Without a doubt, the favourite manager I've played under. Got so much yeah. out of me day-to-day and, and on match days. Yeah. Uh, David Kerr's ladies' assistant played a huge part in me going there. And the rest become history, really. I was yeah. nearly going to Chicago to fly a flight the book to go to the MLS and got a late call on a Saturday evening at a barbecue to go in there Monday morning and hit the ground running early. Got the deal done not long after, mm. a week or two. And uh, just really, really enjoying it. We had a good balance in the team of youth and experience. It was the year Daki was on fire. Yeah. And I just loved playing under Justin. He was a top, yeah. top manager, but also a top, top man. And so many players felt like that under him. And it was just yeah. an uh, enjoyment to under him. And Kurz as a coach, one of the best I've ever worked with as well. And it was just everything just clicked. But I played at the bottom of a diamond a lot that year. So I was very, very holding and very rarely got forward. So... I think I nicked a goal or two, that a couple of goals that season. I, I'm pretty sure we didn't get a cut two or three that year. Yeah. And then uh, the start of the next year under under Justin got a few more. So they started putting me in the box from set plays and things like that. But it's a tragedy how we didn't make playoffs that year. It go up for one, but so then certainly so we, we were top two for so long and top six, yeah. six, seven, whatever it was for pretty much up until the last two games. And we just blew up. We just needed a bit of uh, backing. In January, one or two fresh players, one or two more players with maybe a bit of experience and ability to take us over the line. It never quite happened. The club took a chance and it sort of backfired and how we didn't do it haunts me now. But mm. that's life. And then we started the second season and the club really backed us the second season. We brought in some big name players, Paul Kongeski, yeah. Jay Thomas, Frank Nouble. Uh There are a few. There was more to come as well and Billy Knott. And... Uh, we did okay. We started fine. Listen, Justin and Kerr's got the sack. I don't know why, but they did. We probably were slightly underachieving, but were still well in the hunt to be able to have a good season. They got sacked quite early, but I was already on three, four goals. The time they did, as I say, I was starting to be put in the box a little bit more. And then A.D. Pennock took over, and he just changed my role. He was just like, he didn't see me as a holding player. He, uh, he said took the reins off me, if you like, go and get in the box. And I started getting in the box, taking penalties as well, in the box from set plays and just eye for the goal. I was all, when I was a young kid, I used to play sort of off the front man or up front or more attacking and started getting some goals. And, and once you start clicking into that groove, it's like London buses. They, they One comes after another and I just, everything I seen to it started scoring. As you touched upon there, Sheffield United, a brace. Mm. It was a very, very, uh, very good day, especially with where they were. They were about to get promoted and 
get promoted again, obviously, and end up in the Premier League. The hat trick of penalties against one of my old clubs, Scunthorpe, is probably saying that will never happen to me again, especially in the time. Happen to anyone, never happen to anyone again. <laughs> no, I think R9 is the only other player it's happened to, apparently. But the fact <laughs> it was 80, you say, or 11 minutes, it was a freakish moment. I didn't even have time to think about it. I was nervous yeah. on the last one. I nearly gave the last one away. I said, I, I won the penalty as well. Just where I'd taken two, I was like, all ready to take the second yeah, it must one. must have been so weird. Like, yeah. Yeah, with all the homework and studying the keepers do, it's like, I had to take a third one again. But I was like, how ah, can I not? And I just decided where I was going to go. I think I sent him the wrong way. It wasn't actually the cleanest of pens, but I sent him the wrong way. And that's why it was like that. And uh, that was history moment and uh, something I was very proud of. Of course, of course. Right, see, just I, on that then. I love you. Said, I love yeah, that. you said um, you said you were close to going to Chicago um, before you joined Gillingham. I was wondering, how close was it? Flight was booked, paid, done, going on the Monday. Things would have got sorted as I got there or within that week. There's obviously a little bit more complications with it being in America. But I was gone, mate. I was done. As close as you could be. I was 24 hours, 36 hours away from going. Just fancied a change. I had an opportunity. Yeah. Mark Bertram, another, I keep mentioning him, another top coach I was at Millwall with yeah. under Holloway. And uh, he was out there, Chicago Fire. He liked me as a player. I worked with it well with him. And it was all going to happen. It was all in place. And so as close as you could be, really. Yeah, but to be fair, mate, it might have been a good thing. Bertie took me to the States and that was the last time I played professionally, so. <laughs> but no, um, that, that weren't his fault. Um, what I was going to say, just on that then, so I suppose at, at the end of the day, you didn't go to Chicago, but you're saying you probably had the best years of your career at Gillingham, so like I say, everything happened for a reason, doesn't it? I was going to ask, on, on that, would, would, do you think that's something maybe in the future, going abroad, would that say that appeal to you? That's you want to do. Yeah, I think, listen, if you've played Premier League, you're top level for still playing it all your career and you're still going 30, 31, 2, 3, 4 and you can start that level or just slowly drop. But where I've, obviously I've done floating around the Prem as a kid and, and on the bench and stuff, but I've done Championship League 1, League 2. If I could stay at this sort of level I'm at now and keep playing and it suits me and my family location-wise, then I'd be happy to stay in the English leagues. But... I'd certainly, I always consider the possibility of going to not many places, mainly only America. I'd like to give the States a little go. So it's certainly something I'd consider, mate, yeah. If it came up and there was an opportunity, certainly something I'd consider. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that'll be one you won't regret. Right, we have got to mention, I've got to mention Bradford because I'm intrigued from a selfish point of view to know myself. I thought you going up there was going to be a fantastic move. You know, big club, uh, you know, you said before that you like the pressure. I think you was made captain. And even looking at it from, you know, a pal of yours, looking at you signing up there, I think you signed some other good players in Sean Scannell, Owen Doyle, Jack Payne. I actually, shows how much I know on the betting side of it, I was actually tipping you guys for promotion. So I was just intrigued to know, like, what, what went wrong up there, Josh? Loads, mate. The place is toxic. Uh, yeah. The fans vent against the owner or the owners at the time. One of them owners has now gone. So yeah. it was always a losing battle, mate. I then got given the armband. So it was then the easy scapegoat. Boy from down south, blonde hair, blue eyes, got the armband on, your captain. Uh, the managerial appointment, the fans weren't happy for with, so they were on him straight away. He was young, he was new. It was obviously a big risk. Uh, and... Everyone struggled, mate. Everyone suffered from number one all the way through to your youngest player that played. Everyone struggled one way or another. I had a lot taken out on me because of yeah. uh, the reasons I just said. It never really got going. The fans were angry. The fans were just hard work. And 
it got worse and worse. That manager got sacked. The new one come in who hated me from day one. I was 2-0 up in my first game under him, pulled my hamstring, injured for six, five, six weeks, come back, he started playing me in all sorts of positions, just didn't, he never loved me, I weren't his type, I don't know why he was so against me, it was half a bit of bullying, if you, if you like, in the end, I, I held strong, mm. the stuff he put me through and made me do, mate, should never ever happen in football, yeah. it's wrong, I'll have, I've said a little bit since in interviews, and I will have my, my piece on it and say it, but it became bad, it became nasty. And by the time he went, Gary Bowyer come in, very, very good manager, good guy, brought me back into the fold. I was playing catch-up again, clocked up some games towards the end of the season. But my decision was made by them, mate. It was a, I weren't happy up there. I didn't enjoy it because of it all. And the opportunity come to be able yeah. to sign for yeah. a great man in Justin back at Leighton Orient on my yeah. doorstep. Bradford looked like they were going down, did go down. I weren't going to mm. turn it down back at the same yeah. league, in the same league. So I, uh, I chose an opportunity. It was just a difficult time, mate, but a time that could never have turned around. I was always fighting a losing battle. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to hear that, mate, because like I say, and I'm sure anyone who watches this podcast and anyone who knows you like how I do and other people would... Great club, you. mate. Even, yeah, great. Yeah, no, it's a great club. Played there myself. But great club, I, big football club. Would love to have it worked out. Shame yeah. it didn't. Proud to have captained them, played for them, but just didn't work out for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, no, no problem. Like I say, you know, I'm sorry. Well, Brooms, can I quickly, quickly go to the toilet? I'll be literally yeah, on, in one minute. <laughs> breaking my neck, mate, sitting here. Hang on. In two minutes. I'll go and piss myself as well, then. I'm back, mate. No problem, mate. I'll um, I might have to get my man to uh, edit that one. To be fair, I think he he keeps saying he likes it uh, looking natural, but I think that might literally, excuse the pun, that might be taking the piss a little bit. That one. <laughs> 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 I'll get him to edit it up. But no, Josh, on that, I was going to say, you know, from my point of view, very sorry to hear that because I thought, like I said, I thought that saying could have suited you up there. And like I say, anyone who knows you as well as I do, or people I'm sure know you better than me. And I'm sure now, having watched his podcast, they'll know how serious you are and how much of a good professional you are. So, you know... For, yeah, for, no, it's uh, football, mate. Question football, stuff, appreciate that. Happens. Yeah, happens. exactly. Right, so, yeah, after, after, after an experience like that, then, of course, you know, it makes sense to go back uh, and work with someone, you know, you know, and trust and obviously... Rooms, we had, we, had, we had the South End one before it, though. Oh, go on, South End. Yeah, go on, then. I've missed one out. Go on, South we're End. Touched, we're touched quickly on it. It was a short spell. Should have been longer. <laughs> signed under Phil, signed under Phil Brown, very, very good manager. I played a different type of role with him, tucked in from the right, but he knew I had a lot in my legs, very fit, and uh, liked to get forward with the goals from the season before. Yeah, and uh, I had a very good contract. And as you've seen with the financial side of things at Southend at the moment, 
they uh, they had to be looked, seen to be cutting back and saving things. And I had another game in my uh, contract. If it kicked in, triggered another year on even better money than what I was on. And they knew that. They see that. Phil Brown got the sack. I caught him at the end of his career at South End because he had a great spell there and uh, just become a bit sour. When Chris Powell came in, they knew that. They knew the case. I've heard the story since and the truth. I had to look to make cutbacks, so they never triggered that other year. So I didn't play the last so many games, although I tore my hamstring bad just yeah. before Phil Brown got sacked. And uh, the only injuries I've had, that injury, hamstring I mentioned at Bradford, which was the back end of this one, yeah. after I got going again. And uh, the one at South End, but where I, took, where I was doing so much high speed running. So I, when Chris Powell came in, I was already injured. Yeah. Played a couple of games. He pulled me and said, oh, another game or two. You, this contract triggers. I'm, I'm a bit like... I mean, my hands are tired, not a lot I can do. And that's why it comes short. But I enjoyed the spell at South End, Essex Club. Had a very yeah. good core of senior players. A few of them more. I've mentioned a couple in my team. But a few more of them could have got in these teams here. Yeah. Anthony Wordsworth, Ben Coker, yeah. Michael Timlin, Jason Demetrio. There was a few of them, mate. Very, very, very good players. And uh, as I say, could have got in. But uh, now, listen, enjoyed my time there. Shame it got cut short, but that's why it did. And then I ended up at Bradford. But I thought I'd just throw that one in there, mate. And uh, I enjoyed my time there. Should have been longer, but it wasn't. Yeah, no, thanks for pulling me up there. Um, they wouldn't have uh, forgiven me there, the old uh, South End fans. But to be fair, though, with that, it happens a lot more than what people think. People who are not involved in football in terms of, you know, uh, triggering that con- uh, extra year contract with, with the games. It happens a lot more than people think, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, mate. It's happened. I've had it a few times. Yeah. I've had it. Where else? I had it. Was it the Cholton one? With the spell, but I've had it there. Scumfort yeah. again, it was going to happen towards the end. In the end, I've said that I was leaving, even though I turned down a very good two or three year deal. But yeah, the South End one, mate, was uh, as evident as it could be, and it happens a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah, signing a good agent, mate. The old man must have still been doing your contracts then, mate. Yeah, it's actually at your agent. Right, no, look, we spoke about the Bradford one then. Like I say, I was just about to say before you said about the South End one. After an experience like that, I'm sure, of course, it makes sense to go and work with someone you know, you know, and trust and uh, a club that's close to home. So, you know, it must have been sort of perfect fit, dream come true, if you like, to go back and work with Justin at Leighton Orient. And you know, heartbreakingly, I'm sure everyone knows only too well that. You know, only one of them come true um, with a tragic passing of Justin, a man I know myself really well and top person. Just going to ask on that, mate, just touch on it. How difficult was that period for you, mate? How difficult was it for you? Yeah, I'll tell you what, it was a period that you can't, you can't really explain. Like, it was all, it was like, how do you put it? Like, a, like it was fake, like it wasn't real and it still doesn't feel real now. Do you know what I mean? To, yeah. to be coming back home, to be signing for a, club that's so close to me heart for one so close to home and signing for me favorite ever manager and I'm like oh, here we go after such a tough year it's all back and then to be his last signing and then what happened mate was uh, you can use so many words heartbreaking yeah uh, it was scary it was shocking you just can't explain it and and you you I had my moments like everyone did and it was very very difficult to deal with and I actually think we were dealing with it uh We've dealt with it the whole time and we suffered as a club, as a team throughout this whole season. And we'd have probably done even better, even though we've stabilised and credit to the players and Ross, the manager and everyone else associated with the club. But it was just a moment that you'd see boys getting upset, fully grown men upset, boys distancing themselves, didn't know how to handle it, taking it home with them, being at the training ground. And it was just relentless and a time that just hurt you every single day, every single game. And a moment that I had, don't think we'll ever have to deal with again and something you couldn't write, you know. And 
as I say, heartbreaking, gutting, and we'll never get over it and still feel the pain now, mate, every day. I'm close with, obviously, the family as well, close with Charlie's yeah. son. Uh, we're now very, very good friends, best of friends, and uh, it's horrible, mate, but something we've had to something we've had to get on with. It's made us stronger people, but it's a tragedy and something that should never, ever happen to anyone. You know what I mean? No, for sure, mate. Like I say, I had a good relationship with Justin, myself, and, and uh, his family, and nowhere near as... Uh, you know, close as you are, and so I can't imagine how much more difficult it must have been for you. And you know, it's a real tough one, mate. Uh, thanks for a little bit of an insight on that. Right, the future, future with Leighton Orient, uh, the future for you. Um, yeah, the future, mate. Future after football for you. What, what, how do you see it? Yeah, look, I'm loving my spell at Orient, albeit what happened. Uh, got some goals this season, top goal scorer as things stands, whether it nice. continues or ends. Uh, played pretty much every minute of every game. An injury free, all other than getting fatigued and a little bit tired back end of this last uh, before the season stopped. Love the club, love the fans, love the owners, love the team, the squad, the staff, everything. Really enjoying my time there. Would love to stay there for a long time. Uh, I've got another year after this season. Please, God, I can extend that at some stage. Uh, everything suits at the club uh, in terms of where I live, the location for my, me, my missus, the family. Yeah. So long may that continue. As long as I can keep playing and staying fit and healthy and clocking up the games, who knows what age I can get to. I look after myself and fit. Mm-hmm. I feel good. I feel as strong as ever. So hopefully that can go on. After football, who knows what age that will be. I'm doing my badges. I've done my way for B. I will do my A. I debated it this summer. That won't happen now but for obvious reasons. I will probably look into hopefully doing that during next season or the season after, uh, this summer after that. Uh, I think I've got too much knowledge and too much to offer not to give the managerial side of things a go. Yeah. I'd love to give the manager a go. I love football. I love giving ideas. I love helping people. I feel like I've got a good opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching, possibly, more so managing or link both into it. Yeah. I think you can be both, one or the other. I'd also like to be the number one, if you like, one way or another, whether that be a head coach or a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I say, I feel like it'd be a waste to waste everything I know and done in the game to just completely come out of it. Who knows if I do? Will I hit the ground running? Will I stay in it? It can turn like that as your career can. Yeah. It's a worry because you can easily fall out of it unless you're a big, big name in the game. You've, uh, yeah. I think you've got to hit the ground running to start or you've got to start now and build yourself up and get a base mm-hmm. and a foundation. If it isn't that, I'd love to do the media side of it, the punditry. Uh, TV work, radio, just stay in the game one way or another, mate. I love it. I hate when it's not on. I miss it. I love talking about it. So one way or another, mate, I'd love to stay in the game and uh, they're my plans. That's what I'd like to do, but also with the possibility of having a few things on the side to fall back on. Yeah, no, certainly, mate. And I agree with you there. I think whatever you go on to do, you'll be a success at because, you know, very professional person and and you talk very well, but we'll say get yourself over to the States, mate. They have at least one season over there. Trust me, you won't regret No, I think so, mate. <laughs> I, think that, I think that could happen. I'm involved now with my brother doing a, uh, we've got a fitness regime and uh, nutrition side of thing. We've got something we're trying to set up, which we are setting up. So that's something I'd like to continue. I love my training. I love staying fit and strong. I love helping people. So that's one thing. But yeah, in the meantime, play as many games as I can in English football. Yeah, possibly have the year or two in America or somewhere else to say that I've done it and then come back and hopefully become a manager mate or something in the game that I can uh, take on and, and for the rest of my days in, in, in work, if you like, and, and in life. 
Perfect, mate. Perfect. Right, one last thing before I let you go. It's been great speaking to you and catching up from a selfish point of view, uh, Josh. And also, you know, I'm sure a lot of the fans tuning in, whether it be Southend, um, Gillingham, or whoever it may be, Charlton fans, I'm sure they've really enjoyed this. I think I mentioned at the start, that's one of the main reasons why I've done done these podcasts and set them up. And so far, fingers crossed, they've been going well. The, the other reason is obviously for you know, for the youngsters of the game, if they're watching to get the advice uh, from players like yourself who have been there and done it, um, I was just going to ask, last question really, One, if you could only give one piece of advice to the youngsters who are watching on, what would it be? The one word that always springs to mind is if you've got the ability, the drive, the desire, the work ethic, the determination, all these words, right? If you're good enough and fortunate enough to become a footballer, mm-hmm. one thing is make sure you enjoy it. That's, yeah. my, that's the number one on the top priority. If you don't enjoy it, you don't get the real you, like in anything in life, but you don't get your, the best of you out of you, and then there's no point doing it. If you're not enjoying it, there's no point doing it. But So that's, what, that's the main thing I'd say at the top of it. But to give advice to youngsters is I once was told it's a short career. And mm-hmm. it goes quickly, and I can't believe how quick it does go. Yeah. There's highs, there's lows, there's enjoyments, there's difficulties, whatever else you want to look at. But always give yourself every single chance. So work hard, look after yourself on and off the pitch. If I could go back to some things and try and change things and think, what could I have done more? One thing I always try and say to myself is, you gave it your all. You gave, I gave myself every opportunity, every chance. Now, early days, maybe not, but over the last so many years, I give myself every opportunity to be the best, uh, to look back with no regrets. So just work hard, try your best. It's hard enough to become a footballer, but even harder to stay in the game. Yeah, It's a difficult game. So just always give yourself every opportunity to be the best you can be and to look back with no regrets. So that's what I would say, mate. Yeah, no, that's perfect, mate. And... Uh... Similar to what you know, a lot of other people I've had on here said. Don't feel some of these youngsters might not like to hear it, but hard works um, seems to be the common denominator. You know, massively, mate. If you don't hard, if you don't work hard, someone with less ability will end up overtaking you, and bang, before you know it, you fall behind. You have to work hard. You have to drive yourself. As I say, give yourself every opportunity and try and better yourself every single day. Literally. Yeah. Perfect, mate. Thanks for that. And uh, like I say, I think, to be fair, I might have to uh, swerve you and your brother's uh, fitness regime. I don't want them to be going on a screen on Zoom we used to. <laughs> wait, <laughs> now I've come on for you, you're going to come on for us in the next few weeks. When all this lockdown's over, do a little, I've seen you doing a bit of training and running. When this is all over, you're coming on. We're going to get you on. <laughs> Perfect, mate. Listen, right, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, like I say, top man, mate. Catch up soon, yeah? Thank you for having me on, pal. All the best with it, yeah. Stay safe, stay healthy and say hello to the family for me. Thanks, Josh, and you, mate. See you soon, mate.